see, you're going to bless somebody this week that won't even give you a thank you. But God's got somebody else over here that's going to open up the door for you. You're going to bless somebody this week that won't even wave at you. But God's got somebody else over here that's going to put a check in your hand. Because whatever you do, you need to remember that serving the Lord will pay off after a while. God is going to bless you. God's got a blessing with your name on it. Thank you, God. Thank you for salvation. your name we ask that you speak to us speak through us the grass withers the flowers fade but the word of our God will last forever we pray to you even now in Jesus name amen 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 I want to just read a couple of verses in your hearing and uh, here, here beginning at verse 24 well, let me just read a little bit of it just so you hear it. Beginning of verse 20, Then Salome, the mother of Zebedee, Zebedee's children, James and John, came up. And this is Matthew 20, verses 20 through 28. Came up to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down in respect, asked the favor of him. And he said to her, What do you wish? She answered him, Command that in your kingdom... These two sons of mine may sit in positions of honor and authority, one on your right and one on your left. But Jesus replied, you do not realize what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup of suffering that I am about to drink? They answered, we are able. He said to them, you will drink my cup of suffering, but to sit on my right and on my left, this is not mine to give but it's for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. And when the other ten heard this, they were resentful and angry with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know the rulers, they'll know that the rulers of the Gentiles have absolute power and lord it over them. And their great men exercise authority over them, tyrannizing them. It is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your willing and humble slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many, paying the price to set them free from the penalty of sin. For the next few moments, I want to talk again about the secrets of greatness. This is part two, the secrets of greatness. You may take your seat in the sanctuary. What caught my attention in this text was the fact that 
hear two individuals who are a part of the core group that belongs with Jesus. They have been walking with him, talking with him, hearing him. Uh, undoubtedly, they <laughs> appear to have become excited by the prospects of what the kingdom may look like. They started to believe there's going to be a kingdom. I want to be in the kingdom. Well, if there's going to be a kingdom, uh, then there's going to be some positions within the royal court. I'm not trying to be king, but I wouldn't mind having a seat at the table. Wouldn't mind getting my place locked in now, Secretary of State at least, you know, I want. Secretary of the Defense, I'd like to be, I, if there's going to be a kingdom, there's going to be a king, then there's going to be a court, and I want to be on the court. And, 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 and they're asking about what their position's going to be, but they're afraid to ask out front. They're afraid to just go on Front Street and say, here's what I like. Here's what it will take to get me to keep working in this kingdom building business. Instead, they put their mama up to it. They put mama up there. They put mama. They said, mama, go talk to Jesus for us. And mothers who love their sons know I'm not lying when I say, if your son asks you, 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 the world is in trouble because mothers will give their children anything they can. I don't know. And it didn't sound like a bad position. Didn't sound like an imposition. Sounded pretty good to her. She, she wouldn't mind being the mother of the Secretary of State. And she went to Jesus and asked. And if you notice the redirect of the response from Jesus is not to her, but to them. And she, he says, do you know what you're asking? But notice what's not in the text. Jesus says, do you know what you ask? He asks, can you handle what it will take to be a part of my ministry? They say yes. And then Jesus goes on to simply explain that I don't give out positions. That's up to a higher authority. And he keeps moving. Did you see what's not there? There's no rebuke there. There's nothing in the text that says, Jesus said, you selfish, egotistical, want to be somebody, you want to be, if you had any sense, you would be doing so and so. Instead, all you worry about is position, power, prominence. Pre Did you notice that's missing? There's no rebuke. And now that I've said it, you can't unsee it. You realize it too, that he does not admonishing them for wanting to have better, and wanting to have a place to work and a placement within. He doesn't admonish them of that. Instead, he starts to share with them what it will take 
what the real mission is, what real life is about. He takes them on a deeper level to the essence of existence for those of us who wish to live beyond the mundane stuff of the world. He says to them, life is more than meat and drink. Life is more than celebrity. Life is more than parties and fanfare. Regardless of what any sage will say, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you may die is not a saying for those of us at a deeper level of understanding and connectedness to the divine of the universe. Your life is more than that. Your life has purpose attached to it. That's what he says to them when he speaks about them. He, he, he says, there's more purpose than pleasure. There's more purpose than pleasure. There's actually more pain than pleasure. And yes, there's a place for you. But you must know that the real essence of your existence is beyond those principles. Janet Jackson called them the pleasure principles. So what is it that Jesus is trying to do? Because notice now, second part of the story is the other disciples hear it and they enter into a spirit of resentment. They resented it. They, they, they said, you, you up here trying to do this. And, and in death, Jesus doesn't rebuke them either. These guys are jealous of what has taken place. I don't know, and I'm, I like the word resentment here because I don't know if they resent them asking or they resent the fact that they didn't think of it to ask first. In any way, it's resentment. And Jesus doesn't rebuke them either. He doesn't say, you all, y'all can't be like this. You, you, y'all, y'all, there's, there's, there's something better. No. Instead, he says, gather around. So that's what I want to do now. Jesus says, gather around. And so for the next few minutes, I want you to gather around and let's see if we can figure out what Jesus was trying to do. Because what I think is this, had he rebuked them, he could have altered behavior and behavior modification is not what we're going for because behavior can be modified by a number of different things none of which has to do with any major change you ask anybody in prison 
I don't care how bad they are, they can be the toughest of the tough. They got a squad in there that'll put them down and modify their behavior. I promise you, they got them. I can talk to the, to the warden right there, he'll tell you. They got somebody there. I don't care how, they could be from the worst house, they can be from the baddest gang, somebody can get them under control. The reality is, Jesus is not just trying to get people under control through some behavior modification. He wants more than that. You know, it's almost like uh, uh, my wife, my son was going out the other day and my wife gave him that motherly look and, and gave him some assignments. And uh, at first, he went to do it because mama said. And I promise you, he, he does what mama says. Can't always say that what daddy said. He went out there, he did more than she said. Now I know why, and it's in this sermon. I got three, I got some more here. I've learned from watching the world how some people are different. They think different than others. You know, I was, the other day I was thinking about Nelson Mandela and Nelson Mandela was in prison and they were gonna let Nelson Mandela out of prison. And uh, I said, K. Michael, Michael Topper over there, he's been there in South Africa, and they won't let him out. Only problem is, you can't say anything about this apartheid stuff no more. You can't say anything about independence, majority rule, but you can go home. They, they opened the gate up, Nelson said, I, I'll be right here. Close it back and ended up staying another seven years. <clears throat> Most of y'all know, if they gonna let you out, you don't care what they say you had to say. You were in jail 42 days, not 40 years. <laughs> you going home. <laughs> Where do I sign? Here, Nelson Mandela said this, it is in your hands to make a better world for all who live in it. After 27 years in prison, fighting apartheid, he left from being a prisoner to becoming the first multi-ethnic president of that nation. But you don't get to the presidency without going through the prison. But you don't stay in the prison if there's not something different about you. Um, 
most of you have probably heard of the Betty Ford Clinic. And, and we talk about how the great work of the Betty Ford Clinic in working to heal, uh, help people with alcoholism. And, and Betty Ford, former first lady, she, she's made this statement. He, she says, that's what we're here on earth for, to help others. Now, what, what folks, folks don't really get about her story is she was able, by just being transparent, to elevate the conversation on breast cancer awareness by just sharing the fact that she had to have a mastectomy. She was able to elevate the conversation on alcoholism and drug addiction after she came to grips with her own abuse and while she was dealing with her own abuse issues, she was able to say, look, I know I may not be finishing off the bottle, but I'm drinking too many of these bottles. I know what's going on inside of me. And she was able to deal with it in such a way as to create something that helps others to get free. See, there's something about when you realize your life is about service, that you don't even allow your demons to keep you from finding a way to serve. I, 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 one last one and I'll be done. I've always loved Eunice Mary Kennedy Shriver. She's one of the Kennedy family. Eunice, Eunice Shriver is, is important because she's the founder of Special Olympics. And uh, what folks don't really realize about her story that, that, that Eunice was one of those persons who, who realized that people with intellectual disabilities needed an outlet. Now what most folks have, have gone over their heads is why it became a cause du jour for her or the thing that she put her life on is because that she had her sister Rosemary who was physically and emotionally challenged and so she went out and she kept working with her and doctors said that they didn't think there was anything they could do for her. Her situation was hopeless but, but, but those family members gathered around her and helped her. But watch this because I'm going somewhere with this conversation here. In order to get people to really understand, she did something that the Kennedys normally wouldn't do. She told their business in public. So in the early 60s, she wrote a op piece that went out telling about how these things happen within families and there are people dealing with family members who have these kind of issues who are dealing with mental challenges and she said and it happens in houses of plumbers and bakers and doctors and lawyers and kings and even presidents. And in so doing, she was able to get more money for people with disabilities and create opportunities for them that wasn't around. Let, 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 me, let me see if I can make this, this, this right. I believe that what Jesus was trying to prepare them for, which I think that greatness requires three things, 
and I'm using those persons there and Jesus as the model here. Greatness requires three things. And so you ought to try and get this. The first of which is this, a heart for service. A heart for service. That's the right attitude. Because see, if it ain't in your heart, you're walking out that prison. If you don't care about people, you ain't telling your business. You gonna get yourself straight. If you don't care what's going on, that others have family members that are suffering and need support, and we're in a position in these elected offices that we can get money through the Congress to help families with disabilities. If it ain't in your heart, if you don't have an attitude that's right, you don't care about anybody else. You take me, myself, and I. Some of us suffer from hardened hearts. It's the heart of Pharaoh. Pharaoh, the Bible says that God said, I will harden his heart. It's that heart that says, I don't care about you. I don't care about you. You know, when your heart is hardened, and, and, and some of you have gone through that as, as a phase. Um, let me give you an example. Some of you, and, and please don't think I'm talking about anybody because I don't know any of your business right now. But if it hits you, then you know, don't holler because they say hit dog and holler every time. Don't say that, just, just be quiet. You, you don't have to amen this. But you know, when you broke up with the last person you broke up with, and you said, this is over. It didn't matter how much they said to you or what they said, it was over in your mind. So even if they beg and plead for your sympathy, I don't mind, yeah, it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> your heart, because <laughs> your heart was hardened. And do you know that's what happens to people? That's, that's how uh, Reagan drove out the White House and said that there was no homeless problem in, in America, riding down the streets of D.C. with homeless everywhere. That, that's what happens when you stop caring about the poor and the disenfranchised and those that have nothing. That's what happens when you don't worry about whether or not people can eat. That's what happens when a nation forgets those who don't have potable water. That's what happens when people don't realize that if it happened in Flint, that it wasn't going to be long before it happened in Florida, and it won't be long before it happens in South Carolina, because the water problem of lead pipes is not in any single area, and the nation's been covering up the issue for years. when you have a heart for people. Uh, my, my former chairman, the first chairman I had, who loved me like a father, so don't, don't think I'm talking about him. He, he, uh, he took me off of the uh, mission committee. Uh, he's, he said, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't give out money to anybody or, or to help, you know, to give benevolence. He said, because I was good time Charlie. <laughs> 
All they got to do is come to you with a sad story. You don't ever know how to say no. Sometimes you got to say no. I love Deacon's story, even in glory. The truth of the matter is, his heart was as soft as mine. All you had to do is talk a little longer to chisel. The reality is that your heart has to be right. And what Jesus was doing here, watch this. He was not rebuking because he was in the midst of attitudinal adjustments. Because if I don't adjust your attitude, what's coming next, you won't be able to handle. If I don't get you to understand that it's not about a kingdom where we're going to have a dynasty and gold and silver. No, we're building the kingdom of God and we're changing the hearts of men and women to adore and love God and to be in connection with God. If you don't get the fact that we're trying to unite hearts with God's glory and his grace, then you'll miss it. You'll miss it. You'll be looking for jewelry and I'm trying to give peace. God. Attitudinal adjustment. But the second thing that, that I think that he was trying to do is to give them, to let them know that they needed a, a head for service, an aptitude for it. I, I, at some point, you have to know that you will only be able to do up to the limits of who you are, up to the limits of what God has given to you. But your aptitude, what you can do is meaningful. Watch this. We don't just need people that can do grandiose things like create Special Olympics. We don't just need people that can do grand things like change South Africa. No, but everyday things, like working in the food pantry. Everyday things, like helping widows and orphans. Everyday things, like lifting their voice to sing in the choir, or ushering at the door, or, or visiting the sick everyday things. You see, you, you have to realize, but you got to have a heart for it and you got to get your head into it. Because see, if all you get stuck on, all you get stuck on is your own life and your own life issues, you won't even see you have the ability to give. People say, I don't have a lot of money. And your point is? As though money is the only commodity you have. Money is not your most valuable thing. It's just the one that is used to barter in this system that we're in. No, I want to tell you something. Get on your dying bed. You're not going to be asking for more money. If you got a choice, you're going to be asking for more time. 
I'm preaching today. What, what you have to realize is that there's more that we can do to serve God. See, serving God by serving others serves the kingdom of God. Okay, watch this. This goes back to the number one. Jesus says, by this shall you know that you are my disciples, that you give a big offering in church. Oh, that wasn't in your Bible? Oh, I, I would have, I would have. It wasn't in your Bible either? Okay. I thought that was pretty good. We got church, got bills to pay. I thought that, that, I thought that helped things out a little bit. No, that, that's not in the Bible. No, no, no. By this shall you know that you are my disciples, that you have a nice car. That, that ain't either. Okay, this got to be this one. By this shall you know that you are my disciples, that you live in a nice place. I thought that was, I thought was getting closer. Am I getting closer? <laughs> They're like, I don't want to, I don't want to go against you, but <laughs> Thou art not far from the kingdom. I'm almost done, really, I promise you I am. By this shall you know that you're my disciples, that you have love one for another. Where is the love? Where is the love? Okay, I'm sorry. I just, I just. The, 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 the thing is that we talk a whole lot about religion, about church, about God, but the best expression of God is the people of God showing the love of God to the world. My last point, I'm done. I really am out of gas. Gotta go. Here you go. Last one. Is not only the heart for service and the head for service, but hands for service. And that's action. Colossians 3.23 in the, in the English Standard Version says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men. In other words, whatever you do for God, I don't care how you're blessing people, don't look for people to bless you. Look for what God's gonna do. Now, God, God will use people to bless you but there'll be some people you're blessed that you won't even get anything from. And there'll be others you're blessed that you want. You know, a, a, young, a young preacher went to uh, Dr. Proctor one time and he was complaining about an offering he received. And, uh, and Dr. Proctor looked at him and he said, son, let me explain to you. He said, there'll be some that God will send you to 
that can hardly give you anything at all. He said there'll be others that God will send you to who will give you more than you deserve. He said, and I've heard you preach, it's more than you deserve. That's an add-on, that's an add-on, that's an add-on. They'll give you more than you deserve. He said, but what you have to understand is God has a way of allowing others to bless you where others couldn't. So you don't ever have to worry about God owing you anything because God is always going to give you exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask or think. Y'all ain't got it yet. Let me see if I can bring on. See, you're going to bless somebody this week that won't even give you a thank you, but God's got somebody else over here that's going to open up a door for you. You're going to bless somebody this week that won't even wave at you, but God's got somebody else over here that's going to put a check in your hand because whatever you do, you need to remember that serving the Lord will pay off after a while. And even if you don't know how, God is going to bless you. God's got a blessing with your name on it and you will get it because greatness comes in service and the secret to greatness is serving. If when you give the best of your service, telling the world that the Savior's come, be not dismayed when men don't receive you. He'll understand and say, well done. Go ahead and give God a praise in this place. So, uh, so my boy goes out. You thought I forgot him. He does a whole lot of work. He does everything. And then he, when he finishes working in the yard, he's taking down trees. He's moved brushes and stuff my wife wanted to do. My wife walks back in the house. And she looks at me. She said, you know, that's somebody I don't mind helping. And I looked at her. I said, oh, he done got you again. <laughs> And as it came out my mouth, I realized something dropped in my spirit. The reason he went above and beyond what she asked was because he loves his mama. And he ended up doing it from his heart. If an earthly mother looks at her child and says, you've done more. I'm going to bless you. What do you think a heavenly father? You didn't get it. How do you think God is going to look at you? How do you think God's going to look at you? Literally, they came by the dozens Friday getting food from our food pantry. And some of you were there serving. Literally, literally we ran out of food. There's so many people, so many families in need. How do you think God's going to look at this ministry? 
when we're serving those that are need, when we're here for those who are going through, God will say, well done, good and faithful service. Let me tell you something. If you're not serving in some capacity, then you need to check yourself. Because if all you're doing is going to work, going home, making money, taking care of yourself, then you're selfish. You ought to ask yourself, what can I do? Got to be a little league team need a coach. Got to be some children need a tutor. I don't run like I used to run, but got to be somebody that needs a hand. Because serving, service is your way of paying back all that God has done for you. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I love you with the love of the Lord. Come on, let's give God a praise. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe there's somebody here um, who would like to come give your hand to the preacher and your heart to God. Maybe there's somebody here who recognizes that you want to become a part of the fellowship of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to welcome you today. I want to welcome you to our family. I want to welcome you. If you're online right now and you say to yourself, I want to be a part of that church, email me, call me, write me. But if you're in the sanctuary, lift, lift up your hand wherever you are. You want to be a member of this fellowship. I want to receive you into the family. Because of what the Lord has done for us. Now let the weak say, sanctuary we're going to give thanks now with our offerings and so I'm going to invite you to get your tithes and your offering some of you have pledged capital gifts to give $25 a, a week towards the uh, capital campaign I'm going to ask that you get it out get whatever you have now if you're giving online you can give online through cash app and givelify so get your cash app out, your GiveLify out. <laughs> or you can mail it in for those of you watching us online right now. What I'm going to do, I'm going to bless the offering now. And then on your way out the door, if you haven't given online, just drop it in the basket on the way out the door. We just believe in God, that God's going to continue to bless a ministry that is a blessing. We want to keep doing the will of God, blessing the people of God. And guess what? 
we consider the people of God to be the human family because we believe God is in charge of the whole world. So when somebody comes, we don't try to ask where they're from, what their status is. We don't ask them about their gender. We don't, we don't have any agenda. What, if you have a need and we have the ability, we want to bless folks. Amen. We want to bless folks. Y'all can have those theological arguments somewhere else. We want to bless people. We want to bless people. Y'all can have that other argument somewhere else. Don't have it with me. Because the human family all belongs to God.